Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Hi, I'm Clarence, and today, guys, we're going to talk all about Lower Decks, starting with none other than the tech story himself, Carrie Brown. Since you're <laughs> laughing over there, man, what's up? Um, You have to be careful how fast you say the Lower Decks. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that when you said it. Sorry. In the true spirit of the show, yeah, that, that kind of goes hand in hand, right? Indeed. Indeed it does, <laughs> sir. Oh. How you doing, man? I don't know if ever... I'm doing great. Uh, just happy to be back. I know I missed a couple of weeks because I'm like the flakiest podcaster in the nation. So no, glad, glad to be back. You're great, man. You're great. It's good to have you back, sir. And also on the podcast, we have the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How are you doing, dude? I uh, can't complain. I wish I had better lighting tonight. But other than that, I am pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Fine, I'm man. We're I'm winning. curious to see what everybody is going to say about this. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it it should be interesting. <laughs> and that that rumbling voice you hear there <laughs> is none other than the trick historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, dude? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, we got to that part yet. I'm good. Also correct. And also in Hattiesburg there, we have Jeremy Barrow, the Stargate story. And how you doing, man? I'm doing great. And we're just going to get right into it. So Lower Decks Second Contact, which aired this past week, August 5th, 2020. Ensign Tindy has her first day of work on Starfleet's USS Cerritos, where she meets fellow support crew members. It's in Mariner, Balmer. And Rutherford. Meanwhile, Balmer is tasked with a secret special assignment, and Rutherford attempts to keep his dating life intact while a sci-fi disaster strikes the ship. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. And let's start with you, Jeremy, since you chimed in. What do you think of this episode, man? Second Contact, the first Lower Dicks episode. So I like the idea that they can introduce more alien species as they're supposed to look because they're not limited by, you know, prosthetics and makeup and budget and such. And that is the nicest thing I could say about this show. <laughs> um, Since I think Jonathan is going to have the same opinion, I'm going to go to Kyle Jones. <laughs> it is what it is. And I... Going into it, accepting what it is, I didn't have high expectations. So there were things that I did like about it. There are some things that I think kind of fell flat, but there's something at the end of it that actually made it interesting. So I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Jonathan, what do you think? <laughs> well, since you just spoiled my review already. <laughs> no, I listen. No, <laughs> that, that's not, it, okay. Great animation. Like I, I think the animation was done very well. Uh, there lacked, and I'm saying this nicest way I can. There was a lack of depth in the story, and I know this is a cartoon and it's animated, and it shouldn't be like live action. But it was just kind of like I don't know, like I'm watching a flip book. You know, the little picture oh, flip book. Like come just, on, man. There was nothing in it to grab me, really. Carrie, let's hear it, man. What do you got? Okay, so I feel like there's levels to this. From a Star Trek perspective, if you're going into this 
expecting Picard or Voyager or DS9, you you you're watching the wrong show. Like it, this is not this is not that. It's not that. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, this is made by the same guy that made Rick and Morty. So Rick and Morty to me is a very smart, very intelligent, very hilarious show. It's not just dumb fun. You know, there's depth. It it works your brain. So I came into it from that angle. And again, I probably shouldn't be expecting it to be Rick and Morty. But in some ways, I was expecting the creator to bring some of those same like some of those same concepts to this show, because I feel like they have a real opportunity here to pull in some Star Trek, some people into Star Trek that wouldn't be into Star Trek. Like, this is what this is for. This is not for you guys. I'm sorry. It's not for y'all. This is to pull people who would not normally watch Star Trek into Star Trek. So I came into it expecting a smart, funny show, and I feel like they tried way too hard to be funny. It's just the first episode. So I feel like they tried way too hard to be funny. And there wasn't really any kind of cerebral stimulation at all. It was just this is Star Trek and we can be wacky and funny and cool. And yeah. yeah. And to me, like, that's kind of where it fell short. Like, as far as the storyline, I thought the storyline was fine. You know, they told plenty of jokes. They had kind of an interweaving sort of arc there. It was the first episode. I mean, I wasn't expecting a whole lot there, but I, I did feel like that they had they had some chances to be brainy as well as funny. And they just didn't really, I mean, they had a bunch of softballs they could hit and they just, they just stuck to funny. And in some ways I can understand that because if you've never seen Star Trek before and you're like, Oh my God, Star Trek, boring, blah. Yeah. And you watch this and you're like, okay, the Star Trek doesn't have to be serious and boring. Um, Cause I'm sorry for a lot of people, Star Trek is boring. It just is for a lot of people. Um, I can see this pulling people in if they transition from this, you know, kind of like they did with um Discovery, where Discovery was like something that was nothing close to Star Trek when it started, and it kind of it kind of oh, eases you in, yeah, kind of eases you into those Star Trek yeah. concepts. So I'm hoping I have a lot of hope for the show. I hope that that's kind of the direction they go in. They kind of hit you with the craziness at the beginning, and then they just you know slowly kind of pull it back into Star Trek. So I have high hopes. As far as the first episode, I was a little bit disappointed, but I will still I'm still going to keep watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, I am definitely right there with you. It's, it's you know, like you said, we have Mike Mann as, was a writer on uh, Rick and Morty. To me, we're, when we think of Rick and Morty now, we think of like where it's been or where it's traveled to over these years. It didn't start out the first few episodes yeah. that crazy. It just kept getting crazier. And more wacky sci-fi over time. Now, the thing that I'm comparing this to, rather than Rick and Morty, I'm comparing it a little bit to the Orville. You know, as it being the Orville being a show that's supposed to be a funny Star Trek, right? So I think it is the other extreme. You know, if you really think about the Orville, the Orville just barely takes it in that that direction, where this goes all the way bonkers but 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 all that being said i do believe that as we get lo- um, more into the season and even this story had like a you know it had the i think it had the star trek moral to it and we had this kind of mystery at the end mm-hmm. um that's gonna you know if they keep doing that and laying those breadcrumbs 
Um, you know, we had a cliffhanger. <laughs> I feel like that was a bit of cliffhanger. If they keep doing that, I feel like it's going to be really good. Now, were some of the jokes over the top and, you know, something you never see on Star Trek proper? Yeah, of course. But that being said, <laughs> see, see, I kind of, I kind of saw it as Star Trek making fun of Star Trek, a parody you know, show that they're making fun of themselves. I don't think they were making fun of themselves. I just think, I just think all of the well, of, of course, when we get into the plot of what was going on, that's something that's happened on many Star Trek shows. You know, virus unleashed on a ship, things go crazy. <laughs> To me, that was the worst part of the episode was the whole virus thing. Like as generic and as like predictable as the comedy part was like that was that was the most like generic part of the show to me was the virus on the ship. It's been done plenty of times. Not to this extreme. But it's been done plenty of times. <laughs> All right. I want to I want to say something real quick for Jonathan or kind of backing Jonathan up, because as I was watching this, I was anticipating you not liking this. I really was anticipating, you know, I was like, what is Jonathan going to say? Because he's not going to like it. That being said, what made me think of was, was this or if this were a uh, Time Lord Lower Decks where they're making fun of Doctor Ooh, Who? You would hate I it. would be all you about, I, did, I would hate it. And I would be like, oh, how could they be doing this? So <laughs> I can kind of understand where you're coming from, because if anybody I think is a Star Trek purist on this podcast, you fit that bill. So I'm backing you up on whatever you're about to say. So <laughs> that's why. I- well, 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 before we go, I want you to go, Jonathan, but let, let me say this real quick. There are instances of Doctor Who where we have lighter versions and even more ridiculed versions of Doctor Who in some shape or form that have come out over the years. Yep. More adult that people <sighs> kind of questioned and more you know, for younger audience that people have questions. So, yeah. John, go ahead, because I feel you have a lot to say there. Well, not really. I t- so, Cal, I appreciate the backup, but I, at the same time, I knew going into this not to put, like, not to expect Star Trek. That's not what I was expecting going into this. I'm kind of, I mean, I knew it was Star Trek, and I knew it see some Trek and things would but I, I wouldn't expect, like, I wasn't saying, oh, God, this is nowhere near what I'm used to. I already knew that wasn't going to be the point. I went into this specifically expecting a good animated series based on a subject matter that I'm emphatic about. So when I watched it, I was expecting to laugh about it. I was expecting, like Harry said, I wanted to have something to kind of make me think a little bit. But it just seemed like, I'm going to tell you, I, the best way I can say it, you could tell that the showrunner knew it was only 30 minutes. It was rushed. It was very rushed. Things happened really fast. There was no thought. It's just like someone sitting down and said, we're going to make a cartoon for 30 minutes and we need to get it out there like next week. Let's do it. Have you ever watched the cartoon before? <laughs> like you can't make you can't make an hour cartoon. Like look at like, God, Bugs Bunny put more thought into their fifteen oh, minute sections. You know what I mean? Like come on, John. Again, oh, like gosh. John, I'm I'm kind of there with you on that though. To to extend the Olive Branch, I'm kind of there with you. I feel like they could have done a lot more. But the thing that I'm op- optimistic about is this is just the first episode. This show has so much potential to be like really, really good and to be a staple for Star Trek. Like, that's the thing I'm excited about is that they've got 
a whole lot of runway that they could do cool stuff with. Now, are they going to do it? Yeah. I don't know. They need to start with, let's not try to be funny. Like, uh, immediately on. what threw me off when they when she cut his leg with the bat lift. That was a bit much. It, yeah. it reminds me, like I said last, yeah. on our last review, like you, you have a baby or something and you like smack your head on the wall to make them laugh. Like it's just doing crap for the sake of making you laugh. And that's not what I wanted to see. Well, that didn't you know, make me I'm, laugh. I thought that was kind of dumb. But there were multiple things like that that happened throughout the show that was just doing it just to make you laugh. Now, the part the part with her catching him in the closet doing the captain's log, that was, that was funny. funny. Yeah. That, that was, was funny. That part was funny. The but Blade it, thing was not funny. But that's stuff that I feel like they're going to figure out, you know? like and See, there's my next problem. That part in the closet when he's doing the log, that was funny. But guess what took away from it? That was in the trailer. We already knew that. Who cares? It was still funny. I don't care if it was in the trailer or not. Yeah, it was funny, but I mean, that's what I'm expecting to see the rest of it. Like, they started at the top and then went down. Like, if you see a trailer, I'm thinking, okay, that was pretty funny. They can only go up from there. Like, that was the funniest part. I don't know. Like, trailers to me are things that make people watch show, make people watch the show. That's all they are. Like you I've seen trailers. I've seen I've seen trailers where they tell the entire story of the movie in the trailer before. So like that I mean if it, even if it is the funniest part which I feel like is kind of debatable, but even if it is, like I don't think that's a, a demerit that they put the funniest part in the trailer. They want people to watch it. Like if that's the funniest part and it gets people to tune into the show, like they just didn't live up to that. You <laughs> scream of you scream of like I'm going to equate this to music. Metallica releases the Black Album. Fans are like, how dare you release something that's not for us? Ben Folds 5, when they came out with Brick, same thing. The fans were like, this is not for us. This, How dare you do this? And I feel like this is kind of the same thing. Like, You can't get upset at them for trying to branch out. Are they going to be get it perfect? No. And I can't believe I'm defending this show because me and my brother were talking about it before the cast. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know, but like, again, I feel like there's like loads of potential here. And I feel like he should be optimistic instead of like crucifying the show on the first episode. You know, well, yeah. let's say I'm crucifying the episode. I'm not crucifying <laughs> the show. I'm crucifying the episode. It wasn't fun. <laughs> Plain and simple. It dude, wasn't fun. Dude, it's, it's, it was they, but I have to go against you there. I, I think there were parts that were, were funny. Parts that were funny. But it just may not have hit for you personally. It was kind of hit or miss. So I give you that. You know, maybe it wasn't funny to you, but. It, you know, but then again, I'm the kind, I'm the guy that didn't really like Rick and Morty. Like, I, I well, just, I, yeah. I haven't really watched a lot of these newer cartoons out. Like, it just things just start getting too silly. Too well. Let me ask you this: where Where does it fail? Where the Orville succeeds? It makes you think. I mean, the Orville, you kind of have to dig for the comedy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, it's not just like, hey, look, hey, that was funny. <laughs> No, it wasn't. <laughs> like Orville, they say things like they're quirky, not quirky, but uh, I don't know the word to use it, but it's like eccentric, I guess. You know, it just makes you think like you can miss a joke if, you, if you're not paying attention. So I'm going to name two characters that I feel like in Star Trek history are pretty much over the top, but I've never heard you really ridicule them. So number no. one is, is Neelix. Neelix is always, he has a few heartfelt moments, but 90% of the time he's over the top. I'm the morale officer. Ha ha ha. And then on the other side, Rum, I, I think of Rum on DS9. He is always just over the top goofy and, 
you know, I wouldn't just say slapstick hilarious, but he's never a serious character, but nobody questions him like that. So like, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Now imagine if Voyager, everybody on the crew were Neelix. But everybody wasn't Neelix. Yeah, and that's the point. This show, no, but, like, not, but everybody not on this show, show. Kept on his show. And that's pretty much Ensign uh, 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 Beckett, Mariner. She's the goofy person. Everybody else is fish out of but, water a bit. Not the characters. The whole show is Neelix. That, that's my problem. Like, the whole show is over-the-top silly. I don't know. <clears throat> now, I, I'll give you the, the beginning part was pretty over-the-top, but I feel like they kind of reeled that in a bit as it went on, except for the whole virus thing, which I totally hated. So I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. Like, to me, that was not funny at all. It was- but, but see, I saw, I saw the beginning as a parody. Again, I'm going back saying that they were parodying themselves, is I saw Burnham's first episode where she's arriving and it's all serious, et cetera, and so forth. And here's this character arriving and it's all, woohoo, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, this is this show is not a drama, so you're not gonna have like eighty percent cerebral, twenty percent comedy. The comedy stands out more when there's not a lot of it, and I feel like that's one of the challenges they're gonna have with this show. It's a comedy, that's what it is. So, you know, it it's got to be funny. Like that whole when everybody was into Jackass and no, all of those girls. Like I never got into all this stuff. A lot of Will Ferrell yeah. movies, I don't get into. I just don't like just comedy just to be comedy. I just and again, I, like I don't think it's that bad. I think everybody around uh, Tony Newsom's character, Ensign Beckett, is just trying to. They're mostly even normal. With, <laughs> it's her. Yeah. She's the linchpin in the comedy to me. And even with her, that's one of the one of the positives I took from the show was that she has this goofy exterior. You know she acts like she doesn't really care that much. And she's probably one of the most caring per- people mm-hmm. on the whole show. I mean, if you really look at it that way and like, that's one of the things that kind of gave me hope that they are kind of trying to weave that line of, you know, trying to build up characters while also be being funny. It's, this is hard. It's hard to do, man. Like Dave should like, everybody can't be Dave Chappelle. Like it, it's very, very difficult. So, I, you know, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a chance. I do like that. I mean, Ensign Beckett, Beckham, however she said, whatever her name is. Like I did like I like that character. I, I pretty much like all the characters. And my hope going forward is like as you say, Gary, I just like to watch they grow, like watch them develop those characters. That would pull me in more. But I mean, as of right now, you're just introducing the characters. It just it didn't get me. It didn't get me. Did you hate the first episode of Picard? So like <laughs> I didn't give Jeremy me head. Oh, it's Jeremy. Yeah, pretty much well. <laughs> I mean, let me say this. I think I think they they add a, such an interesting bit to Mariner's history with you know what we find out about the end episode. To me, it gives her a justification for acting out, yes. even though it's totally against Starfleet protocols and she's doing stuff that she shouldn't do. She shouldn't be helping these pick people on this planet. <laughs> Whatever they were, I forgot the name. She just said pig people. I call them pig people. They look like pig. I don't <laughs> yeah, they look purple, like pigs. The purple pig people, <laughs> which I think those are a throwback to a TAS episode, if I read that correctly. But yeah, they brought them back. But still. You know, she she does she is going against Starfleet protocols, you know, obviously in a lot of things she's doing. You know, this is the her last chance basically sounds like what the captain was saying by the end of the episode. So, you know, I, I found like they gave a good enough justification for why she's that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I did not like her character, honestly, until I found out what I found out at the end. Yeah, it gave us some dip, man. Yes, absolutely. See, I, I, I kind of hated that revelation, though. Really? I, I, I felt like that was just kind of forced and just kind of they were they were trying to force us to to sympathize with her instead of giving her her own reasons. I don't know, man. I thought it was a good enough reason, in my opinion. But but, you know, um, real quick, I wanted to just real quick talk about the um, the next generation lower decks episode, because I did go back and watch that as well. That's actually a really sad episode. <laughs> and it's funny that they're calling, you know, this under the same name, because uh, that episode ends on a dour note, man. I was like, well, wow. You know, I hadn't seen it in a while. And yeah, it is pretty sad. But getting into more of the plot. um, Classic Star Trek, go on planet, transporter buffers, doesn't pick up disease, come back, uh, calamity ensues. And then, you know, they did the added twist in this episode instead of a, you know, everybody can find the quarters or whatever. Um, everybody's turning into zombies. And we've mentioned more than once already. <laughs> that's really weird. But I will say the jewel out of that is that I really freaking love the doctor character. Yes, uh, the cat. <laughs> she's awesome. She can, She definitely has that Dr. McCoy vibe. She's real stern. And I, I really loved everything about that character. Yeah. The visual, everything I liked. And, and let me ask you this. Has anyone ever thought about second contact before? And all of Star Trek, have you ever thought of second contact? Absolutely not. That and, and, and the, right there. That, right. Exactly. That's one thing I liked about it because it made me think of a concept I've never thought about in Star Trek before. What happens when you have to go back after first contact? Yeah. I mean, and it takes that that idea of, you know, what we get from the Lower Decks episode in TNG. And also there's a, a Tuvok episode where he's training some people that are falling behind in, in Voyager. It takes that idea where we're not just on the flagship with these people at the bottom we're on a bottom ship with these people. <laughs> even the, even even the captain is not even the most regaled captain in starfleet the lower lower decks so i mean I, I find that very interesting because after we have followed the flagships for so long it's easy to think that everything in the star trek universe is glamorous and pretty and perfect agreed agreed well, I'm going to throw it out, or to ask, I guess, who are you guys' like, favorite characters other than uh, Ensign Mariner? Any other thoughts on any of the other characters? Because I have some stuff to say, but I'll, I'll throw it out to you guys to see if there's any interest in any other characters y'all had. I did like the Cat Doctor. I thought that was a standout character. I also liked the Cyborg guy, but I didn't like the way – I thought he was underutilized. I thought they didn't know how to utilize him. I think there were there could be some funny things they could do, but what they did just – kind of fell flat to me yeah they had this justification that because i think because his modifications he has these quirks that he can't stay focused and and and, you know he has this beautiful girl who you know he he takes on a you know spacewalk (laughs) and they survive this this thing on the ship and you know usually when in movies it happens thousands of times when couples go through something like this they get closer but at the end he's like yeah you know, I like take more. So I, I found that interesting. She's but. not smart enough for me. <laughs> but I thought that put him and the green girl uh, kind of on a trajectory a little oh, bit. That's She may be my favorite character. Yep. I didn't realize she was Orion at first. 
I really didn't because the green is a little diff- different pigment than the normal Ryan green. But once I realized that, I'm like, oh, she she is definitely my favorite character because usually we see Orion's like sexualized and, you know, the dancing girls for Kirk and who who knows else. But I really liked uh, Ensign Tendi's character. She reminds me a lot of Dax, too, or Ezra Dax. For some reason, she reminds me of her a lot. Hmm. Yeah. For me. I like Rutherford like that whole to me. That was my favorite part of the show is that he goes on this date. Um, he's talking to this girl. They kind of like hit it off a little bit. But then the tragedy thing happens. And and like he like totally nerds out like this has happened to me before. He totally <laughs> nerds out. Right. And the girl's like, why aren't you paying attention to me? And it, he's like, bye. Like, that's, yeah. I totally identify with this. So, like, I thought that was really cool. Um, that was probably my favorite part of the whole episode. And then he meets, he meets a fellow nerd afterwards. And it's like, yeah. cool. Like, I See? thought that was cool. So, that's, that was probably my favorite part of the whole episode. And they're going to become an item. Just you wait. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And they definitely just copied Cyborg completely. For that to be. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of Cyborg in every way. Yeah. They did, too. When I first seen it, that's exactly what yeah. I thought. Yeah, that joke at the beginning was was it funny, though, where she, like. Yeah. Did the thing with the eye. The screwdriver. Yeah. The, what do you what do you call it, Kyle? The sonic screwdriver. She, yeah, didn't she, even, like, yeah, she didn't even have a sonic. She just. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like she just zapped him in the head. He's like, yeah. "Oh my god, thanks for helping me." I was like, "What?" <laughs> that, was, that was not funny. But the stuff that happened after that, I thought I really enjoyed. So, and and I think we do have to mention the underlying story of Balmer, who is to me reminds me of, of uh, Harry Kim in a lot of ways, but just <laughs> to the extreme. We have to think about the underlying story of him being enlisted to spy. You know, again, this is stuff you see in other shows all the time. Where, uh, so nothing new really there. I will say we did get a lot of Easter eggs in, in this this episode as well. Um, I think that is kind of another thing they put in there, at least this time, to tie people over to get them into it. Um, there were there are quite a bit of them in here from the Argo-esque vehicle on the planet. You know, of course, we mentioned the Batleth. What else? All the name droppings. At the yeah, that, end. that was the other thing that kind of fell flat with me was the name dropping at the end. Yeah, they had the spacewalk like on First Contact. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a scene where with, when they have the black juice going everywhere and everybody being zombified, that one of the Vulcans gets some on his face and he looks just like uh, Mirror Universe Spock with the, <laughs> with the goatee. I thought that was cool. But yeah, it, it has a lot of Easter eggs in it. And judging from what I've seen from um, YouTube interviews of uh mike man uh i think i think they're going to keep that up so i don't know man i i see this as the version of trek i can just look at kick back and you know (laughs) i don't have to think too hard which is kind of the point for Mm -hmm. me i can just chill and you know just take it as it is i don't i enjoyed it i enjoyed it but yeah um i like the uniforms too man i want me one (laughs) but anyway (laughs) All right. So one thing I want to add real quick is I one of my favorite parts actually was the opening credits because there were little hints that reminded me of each major show as you go through from some of the fonts that they use to some of the things that happen. And it was just fun watching it for the second time, seeing 
like uh, where they go to the Borg and, they, and there's this fight and they're turning around. They're going in the opposite <laughs> direction. There were just some cool things like that I thought yeah. were fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. So, man, uh, we're going to wrap this wrap this thing up. That's about all I have. Uh, do you if you guys don't have anything else, um, we won't give real. Well, I guess, well, let's give a rating. Let's just throw it out there. Let's give a rating. One to five. I want to see a solid four. I enjoyed it. Anybody want to give a rating? I'm going to give it a highly optimistic three. Just because I feel like the show can get a lot better than it is now yeah. is the only reason I'm not rating it higher than that. I'm not rating it a three because I'm I didn't like it. I'm just going off of like what I feel the potential of the yeah, show. Giving it room to grow. Yeah. Understood. All right. So based on what Carrie just said, I'm going to take it one step further, but give it a 3.5 based off of what you, Clarence, said last week when you said something to the effect of you want to do your rating based on what you see as the very, very best. And I do see that there's some glowing potential, but I did ultimately enjoy it. So 3.5. Jeremy. I'm going to give it a two. But hope that that it does improve over the season, and that it does become the show that we want it to be, and let it find it. Uh, historically, just Star Trek has needed like the first season or two to find its feet for the different series, and I'm hoping this one does it uses it properly to find its feet so that next season, moving forward, if there is a season two, gets better. I think they already greenlit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I hope they do it right. No, I think they're actually working on it. Well, now they're finishing uh, the season, but I think they did green, lead, green light a season two already. Yeah, this is probably the cheapest Star Trek show ever made. They have so much potential to do with it. Like I said, with the introducing the different aliens, you don't have to worry about prosthetics, and they can keep those different species like to the forefront. So, John, what do you think, man? Mm. I'll give it a 1.5. Okay, and slightly more optimistic than I thought. That's higher than I thought you'd give it. <laughs> well, here, here. So, I mean, I'll give it, I'll give it a solid one point, just because, again, like I started off saying, the animation was great. Like I was hoping. I mean, we seen it from the before I seen the trailer. I was hoping they wouldn't try to do like that cheesy kind of three D animated type craziness. Like I just wanted a good two D kind of, you know, animation. Traditional animation, and that's what I got. So, you one point five, I think one point five, and hopefully you guys are very optimistic, which makes me optimistic. So, hopefully we go up from there. So, help me out here, guys. What's the animated uh, Star Wars show? Clon- Is it Clone Wars? There's, there's been several. There's, there's Clone Wars. Wars Rebels. There's, there's a Tartakovsky Clone Wars, and there's a 3D Clone Wars, and then Rebels. Rebels is the best Star Wars <laughs> thing, period. I'm well, sorry. Fight me. Well, I brought up to say this, because I think when Clone Wars first came out, people were like, what the frack is this kid, kitty? You're kiddifying my my Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay, I this is something that. different. This, this, this isn't a kid's show, but still, it's an animated version of what we know and love. And over time, as Carrie mentions, uh, Clone Wars along with Rebels, those have become some, some of the, the most Star beloved Star Wars properties over time. Now, will this do that? Probably not. But <laughs> but I still feel like there's a there's a lot of room to grow and a, a, a lot of room for this to be beloved uh, when it's all said and done. As long as they put a little more thought into the comedy, I'll be good. If they yeah. put a little more thought in the comedy aspect of it, it'll be perfect for me. Yeah, I think they should go more Futurama, less slapstick, mm-hmm. like 
yes. deep humor. Yes. More more in the Futurama direction, I feel like. Would yeah, be I think that's smart. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and honestly, that's that's the one thing I hate about Rick and Morty. For all the good sci-fi stuff they bring up, they're over the top in the yeah, silly spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Let's go around the horn and see what everybody's been working on or a parting gift, podcast related or otherwise. And we'll start with you, Jonathan. What's up, man? What you got? Hello. Um, man, just working, man. Working, working, working. Uh, again, I'll say as last time watching The Expanse, I'm still going on that. So that is amazing. You guys should tune into it. Yeah. Uh, and anybody's looking for a good motivational story, you definitely should Google David Goggins. I've been kind of consuming a lot of his uh, stuff he has out and things he talks about. Very motivating individual, very harsh language. So if you're offended by that, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, his story is very inspiring. Uh, makes you kind of challenge yourself. So definitely watch, check that out. Awesome. What about you, Jeremy? Um, I've my life has not nearly been that positive, but you know I'm still trying to just moving to this house. I'm still trying to get in order. I just got a puppy that I'm still trying to. What what's what his name is said puppy? Her name is Esri. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there was a fight to get Esri, <laughs> <laughs> and there's still a fight actually. But I, I, she's already got the name tag, so it's 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 final. So, you know, she's still trying to try to introduce her to the cats and all that. And, you know, just still life change. Life is changing and you're still adjusting. You should get a pug and name him more. more. I, I will accept a gift of a pug. If anyone out there says, hey, Jeremy looks like he could use this baby pug. Send it to our Patreon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Cal Jones, man, what about you? What you got, dude? I would say that anybody that's a fan of Doctor Who, of course, can catch you, me, and our friend Lee Shackelford on Discussing Who. And you can find out more at DiscussingWho.com. All right. Sounds awesome. Carrie, what you got, dude? Okay. So uh, me and my brother, we do this podcast every now and then called Techpedition. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think we're going to put some out this week. So look out for that. Also, unrelated to that, just as a bonus, we mentioned Star Wars Rebels. If you have not seen Star Wars Rebels and you are a Star Star Wars fan, you owe it to yourself to watch this show. I would put it up against anything outside of the the original trilogy. It's as strong as the original trilogy, in my opinion. But outside of that, you know, and to keep things kind of Rick and Morty, um, if you haven't seen this, uh, the two voice actors for Rick and Morty, they read this court transcript of like this actual court session. Um, I'll see if I can find a link, but like, it's so over the top that you think it's not an actual transcript, but (laughs) it is an actual court transcript and it is hilarious. It has a lot of cursing in it. So if you are sensitive to to that, you probably don't want to watch it, but yeah, it Google, like just Google Rick Morty court transcript and you'll find it. Like it is hilarious. So yeah, that's all I got. Awesome sauce. And I'll say for me, uh, stay locked into the Relativity Podcast where we are finishing up the final season tier. Um, and yeah, just that show has been wonderful to work on. And um, I just encourage everybody, if you haven't listened to the Relativity Podcast, go to your podcatcher of your choice and check it, check it out. Download it. Listen. It's awesome. Uh, we'll end off by saying send any fan mail you have in the fans at DiscussingTrek.com. Or hit us up at Discussing Trek on any of the social medias. So until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Discussing Trek.
listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Climb aboard the perilous journey of one man attempting to reach a distant world and the woman on Earth who battles endlessly to keep him alive. Mission Control, was that sound what I think it was? We're not sure yet, but we know it can't be good. Join the thousands of science fiction adventure fans who have discovered Relativity at RelativityPodcast.com. Relativity? Discussing Network.